0: Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchan TV. Happy libations Friday. Loosey-goosey edition of the program. Good to be with you as always. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Director Matthew in the house on Twitter. It is at Jay Cameron Show. If you're listening on 93.3, thank you very much. If you're watching on War Chant TV, thank you very much. Like, subscribe, pass it around. I turned my headphones down. Too damn loud today. Too damn loud already. I think I'm just happy that I think things are getting resolved here. Things are going well. Lightning won last night. First round was interesting. No players of any importance have left. The one that did came back. All right. Things are looking good.
1: What an interesting 6 p.m., 7 p.m. hour last night. Very strange.
0: It's weird. Um, it's it's also the norm right now. And yeah, you and I. I'm in a. I'm I'm at a parking lot at Leon High School waiting for my son to finish football practice, and I'm watching this play out. It's just boom, 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 and then the storms hit, and I'm like, well, I could I could do a video from the Leon parking lot in a driving rainstorm, holding my phone. <laughs> um, but you know that really the story as a played out last night in and in, in today that we woke up and exhaled about was is, is the Farmer story, because I think that would have been disappointing, obviously, to the vast majority of the fan base. Not devastating, but disappointing, certainly, because he's a player that's on the rise, and, and he was going to be part of that rotation, and we think he has a chance to have a very good season, an impactful season for Florida State. So, however the wrangling and the back-and-forth and the eureka moment for Josh Farmer had to come, Luckily, it, it it landed in favor of Florida State, and he's going to stay. And uh, I think we're in good shape there. Uh, as we hit the airwaves, uh, of course, most people saw him post and then take down his post. Uh, Micah Pittman should be announcing any time, I think, that he'll be leaving. Uh, that's fine. Micah wasn't going to have an impact on the team this year. It doesn't look like um, he's a player that had surgery, was going to miss uh, time this year. So, you know, if you're not going to have Micah Pittman for the first game against LSU and there's a chance you weren't going to have him against Clemson, then he's useless to you. Um, And if he wants to take it down the road, then so be it. We'll see if he does or he doesn't. If you do get him back, I always admired how hard he played. Uh, I always admired how tough he was for his size. You know, you're not going to cry over the talent at 5'9 and relatively slow, but you do miss the toughness. Um, So that's the only aspect of it that I would worry about, and losing him. One thing I will say, though, whether it was because it was infectious with him or just a point of emphasis, Florida State has done a very good job of getting other receivers, all their receivers, for the most part, to buy in on blocking. So it, just by losing him, you're not going to suddenly lose that segment group's toughness. Johnny blocks really well, and he's big enough and strong enough to do something about it, but technique-wise, he's good at it. And then you know, Portier and others do the same.
1: I agree completely that Micah had real value here in changing the culture and bringing an extra element of team first play uh, to the group. And Ron, yeah. Ron Dugans yeah. credits him. I asked Coach Dugans before spring started about Johnny's ability to block, and he interjected himself. He said, Well, honestly, Micah was the one that started it. Once Johnny at six foot seven sees this little guy doing it, I ask him, Why aren't you? Yeah. And then he had to, and that's how the culture flips, and that's how you get guys to be contagious in a good way. Um, with Micah, I agree with your assessment as it pertains to the first four games of the season. That's the only reason would have been is. nice to have Micah in the rotation for roadies to pit, your rivalry games, and then subsequent games that you would hope you'd be playing uh, on a bigger stage, especially as a punt returner, uh, especially in that blocking phase to help pave the way for other teammates. But if He wasn't, and we don't know for sure, but if it was projected that it would be tough for him to make it back in September, and that certainly was within the window of the four to six months of of healing that he'd have to do, then this impact isn't as felt. If wherever he goes, he's not available in week one and week four, the impact is not nearly as great as it would have been.
0: Well, let me just point this out. If he's leaving, he has to sit out a year. So I think I can deduce successfully that Michael wasn't going to, be able to play to the level he wanted to play because of that hip and the surgery on it. And thus this decision's made a little bit easier because he has to miss the year to begin with. Now that's my assumption. If he graduates though, I don't know if he got
1: his degree. I I think you get another freebie. Like you get a a anytime transfer, but then if you complete your undergrad, I think you get another freebie where you don't have to sit. Now I don't know what his, I'm I'm not working in admissions or enrollment. I have no idea where he is in his academic journey. Well,
0: that's fair. Um, that's fair. I don't know where he is on his academic journey either. So maybe he has graduated. and If that's the case, it does, it it, it does have an impact on what we're talking about here in, in terms of his ability not to have to sit. I think if I'm Micah Pittman, look, I, if we're being honest here, the chances of him going to the league are pretty slim. So, I don't know. Go 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 where you can get the most amount of money. Maybe is the way I would look at it. Mike is an interesting cat. In that, if you talk about big picture stuff in NIL, Mike is a guy that truly, like when we look at the impact of name image likeness and people who invest in it, I always bring up women's soccer or volleyball or gymnastics, like non-revenue sports tend to be more impactful and do better in terms of return on investment. So if you're an advertiser and you truly want to be able to pay an athlete, Tom, to represent you in a way that elevates your brand and is going to in turn lead to you making more money on your investment. A lot most of the time it's not a football player. It's not a football player. Yeah. This has become a de facto uh to me way of of paying players to come play football for you but it's yeah. not really an investment in the the way the that aver- yeah the return it's it's not.
1: Yeah, it's an excuse.
0: Yeah. So to me where you see it you know we know some of these these girls that or uh, women young women in soccer or gymnastics or softball that have done exceptionally well. I mean, look around the country. There's the yeah. the girl at LSU, young lady at LSU, who's done really well. Million. I I don't know. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not following her. But, it, but that,
1: the Louisville basketball player that just transferred to LSU because of the opportunity right, that comes right. with that. Yes.
0: Yeah, and they can make real money, and there can be a
1: real return on investment. You had the twins that play at Miami that left Miami because there's more money elsewhere. Oh yeah, for their to, name, image, likeness, their brand. And then there's a gymnast at Auburn who is worth $3.6 million in the valuation done by On3, the parent company. She just signed with Sports Illustrated. Yeah.
0: Oh, th- n- there's no doubt. Like, that's where it really works in terms of name, image, likeness and yep. people having an opportunity to invest Ooh. in a spokesman and-, and that person in turn elevates your business. Doesn't really happen too much in football unless you're, you know, investing in Caleb Williams or somebody that's the nation knows, like Bryce Young might have worked. You know, it's something like that. Uh, a-, a right guard. Ain't doing a damn thing for you anywhere um, unless he's outrageous. So how, why would I bring this up? Well, Mike is the guy that's on all the social media stuff, his vlogs and his Twitter and his Instagram and all this other stuff. I mean, that's what he does.
1: Yeah, there were some teammates of his, I think, that expressed, I don't know if it was tongue-in-cheek or not, displeasure with the fact that Micah Pittman got chosen to sleep in the Cheez-It room during the bowl as yeah. one player from each yeah. team. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a choice. He's the, he's the only choice, given yeah. his influence, his, his sphere of influence.
0: Right. If you're a brand like Cheez-It, you're going to choose Michael Pittman and there's not a second place, not even Jordan at this point. At this point. So my, I guess what I'm getting at here as I try to answer the question as people are asking why would he leave, well, I don't know. He might have opportunities. Uh, if you think about it from a family side of things, and I don't know where he's going, but if you think about it from a family side of things, uh, Southern Cal makes all the sense in the world, uh, given relatives that played there. Legacy, yeah. So if he could go to L.A., and even though he doesn't project as a pro in any way, shape, or form, if he could go to Los Angeles and elevate his status as a influencer, in essence, and also highlight Southern Cal in that way, or whomever it is that would be willing to give him money, like way more than he's worth as a football player, well then, I would encourage him to do that, and I have no hard feelings. And this isn't this is I I don't have a problem with any of this. Yeah. Somebody's asking why? Well, Florida State's not going to give that kid the player, the football player. They're not going to give that kid any money. I mean, or, or very little. I I don't know what they gave him, what the battles in gave him, but it, it can't be a lot. I mean, he's he's a minimal impact player. So, yeah, we'll miss the punt returns, Tom, because Lord knows it took us forever to find a guy who could do it. Yeah. And he wasn't a game changer, but but he caught the damn ball. He was
1: a B or a B-plus punt returner, which is many letters ahead of where we were. Yeah. We were below F.
0: So it would make sense if he – but I'm just – listen. We'll find out what happens in due time. But if somebody says, hey, somebody at Southern Cal wants him to come and they really are excited about all that he could do in the social media world, the influencer world, and he can come be – he's a legacy, you know, something like that. And they want to pay a kid – Three hundred, four hundred grand to do it. I'm, I'm making sums up here, guys. Well, by all means, sir, get on a plane, go, go get your money because you're not going to make it in the pros. So go get your money. And I, you know that in Florida State, rightfully would never match that. I mean, I'm not speaking on behalf of Florida State or the battles in, but this is a really easy thing to deduce. You wouldn't pay Micah Pittman a lot of money to stay on your football
1: team. And just to circle back, you're correct. There was a a post and then a a pullback. At this point, I think it's fair to say if you're trying to play the journalism, uh, stay in the journalism lane, which we don't have to in sports talk radio, but the expectation is that he's going to announce that he's trending.
0: Yeah, he may not. That's where we are right now. Yeah, he may not. Uh, He may not be gone, but he did post and take something down, so it is fair, I think, at that point to speculate that he's thinking about it. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. We're saying as if it may be a possibility. seems likely at that point.
1: And it's also probably fair to say, wink, wink, that, that tracks. That tracks. Yeah. The developments today aren't
0: shocking. And I, and I just want to reiterate in case anybody thinks, oh, well, you know. Well, I know a lot of things just by observing. We can deduce a lot of things. All of us can just by observing the landscape. Uh, and this would make sense to me. Now, it could be that it's a different university. I mean, I may be presuming California is the place for him but it could be any number of schools that that decide they want that kind of influencer uh, around their program. Maybe it's a, a lesser school uh, that has a spot for him that wants them, wants to be elevated. We don't know. We don't know. The point remains, though, that if somebody's offering that kid a good amount of money, far and above what he's worth as just a football player. Our brand doesn't need the help. Correct. Then you would tell him, Hey, man, good for you. Good for you. Go get it. Especially, it's easier to say, if he was maybe not going to be ready to play.
1: Well, if he was 100% cleared and ready to go, he went through spring, I think this would sound a little bit different. Wouldn't you agree? Because then you'd have, you wouldn't have you would have these open questions the final two weeks of spring camp, but who's the number two wide receiver with a, a veteran injured and on the mend at whatever rate we don't know? Right, but if Pittman was a hundred percent you uh, knew that special correct. teams you knew that you know he was good for three hundred and thirty yards last year and and three touchdowns, but that's a thirty catch guy that's probably the more important number That's second on the team thirty two catches I think it was thirty two or thirty three if you knew that guy was a hundred percent ready to go for lSU when you need all veterans all hands on deck, this would be a much higher impact, but because that's up in the air, perhaps doubtful mm the impact is felt, I think, a little bit less at least minimally on either side of this glass that yeah. we're looking through.
0: Yeah, minimally. I don't, I don't, I don't see the uh, high-end value that maybe others do other than I will admit I loved his toughness. I love that he played really hard, and I love that you know he cared. He was passionate. You know, We watched him practice. He cared, and he showed up and did his job. So that is awesome, and uh, you know, you hope everybody does that. He did do that, so I'll give him that. But, again, you said it with a video we cut earlier today, and we'll have access to that here on the show. We'll play it for you because we did one for Bishop Thomas and we did one for Duke Cooper. And, you know, we, we, we now look at these rosters a little less, And I can say this at my age, I guess, less like a parent than we used to or a fellow knoll than we used to because as this game shifts and, and continues to shift more towards a professional league or professional football in which players are paid by performance you don't have to couch words all that much anymore about you know an 18 19 year old kid you smoke or get smoked man either you can play or you can't play and we need to make room on this roster for people that can and if you're taking up a spot and in, in some cases, money, which is part of a bigger pie, and you're not living up to that billing or what was expected of based on the money's given, you got to go because we'll find somebody else to pay and bring in here and do it. So I want to say that to people when they hear, you know, I can be pretty blunt as it is, and I usually don't hold back much to the chagrin of some, much to the happiness of others but I can promise you I'm not going to beat around the bush with guys that are getting paid. If somebody's not any good, I'm going to tell you they suck, they need to move on, and I'm not worried that he's a college student because we're moving into professional football here. Just so people know, it's not a personal thing. I'm just going to say this kid can't play. We're paying him a certain amount of money, or I'm, I'm aware of a certain amount of money that has been distributed, and that ain't it. We need to move on and give it to somebody else. And so that, that, that's, that's all I'm saying.
1: It's no longer, though, it's funny you, you said that with the wording. It's no longer a disbursement. It's no longer, uh, what's the term that they used? Uh, An inducement? Dis- no, dispensation. I'm trying to think, stipend. It's no longer a stipend. It's just right. straight payment. It's straight up payment. It's a straight payment now, which that word, it's different. Stipend sounds much more collegial, and it's still protected by the shield of the, almost the innocence of being a student athlete. But straight-up payment, pay for play, which is what this all is across the country with the collectives, to your point about sphere of influence versus dollars earned as you know, a fourth defensive tackle on a team. Yeah, you could be a little bit more cut and dry. You could be more NFL Uh, about this. Yeah, and and again, it's not personal. But Pittman had value, and he had a lot more if he would have been healthy from the jump.
0: Yep, yep. Um, As far as impact on the team, if you're going to – It's nuanced, the discussion, impact on the upcoming season. Um, It's it's nuanced because we're not exactly sure that he was going to be able to play a lot of football this year regardless. And if that's the case, then it's not impactful because he wasn't going to play anyhow. As you noted correctly, if we were sure that he was going to be healthy and ready to hit the ground running day one against LSU, yeah, it would have been... Uh, nice to have him because he can, he can give something to your football team. You want stability.
1: You want guys that you know exactly where they're going to be, how they're going to be in a game with the high stakes like FSU and LSU. That's why when Demetri Emanuel's eligibility waiver came back, it's a big sigh of relief for this guy. Maybe more than anybody on the staff, but I thought that was humongous because if you want to move some guys around the offensive line and experiment and do all those kinds of things and it doesn't work out after a drive or two, and Meech is on the sideline, you go grab Demetri Emanuel because I know what the hell you're going to be. Right, you were right. just that for a right. full season. And this is LSU. It ain't Kane. It's not Boston College. It's not Georgia <laughs> Tech and Ireland. This is LSU. It's the get-out-of-jail-free card game. So if Micah was ready for that, it would have been great. But if, he was, if it was a different, and he's not going to be either way, available week one for us
0: or wherever he goes, all right, move on. So it is that uh, it's the ebbs and flows in the uh, life of the portal and, and what goes on with players and uh, the emotions elicited. You know, It's kind of fun to watch. You can always tell when people have a gripe. Greg would admit here on the chat, for example, he's in love with Micah Pittman. He can't not profess his love for Micah Pittman, and so it's hurt. It hurt his feelings that Micah's leaving. But that's, there's a different player for everybody, right? Uh, I think for a lot of people if If farmer had left, we'd feel the much greater impact uh, if you're just doing apples to apples here in terms of players leaving, uh, and the frustration that people felt. Um, and that's all right. Everybody's got a guy. I for just, you, it, if Rodney Hill leaves, yeah. it's gonna hurt your soul.
1: it It would. It you would. love Rodney Hill. because I just I see the end of the tunnel for Rodney, and it's a special place. It, the light is so bright on the other side. But I have to chuckle. As you said, if Farmer had left, and I just envision the segment of the audience, either in the car or now logging on to watching TV, who are like, wait a minute, what? If Farmer had left, he did leave, Jeff. No, he didn't leave.
0: <laughs> Farmer never left. It never happened. <laughs> it's fiction. We made it. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, it's also frustrating at times. It's also, um, to me... When I look at covering this, which is our job, right, I I all at once am conflicted with why do we ever respond to a kid's announcement <laughs> about anything and also the acknowledgement that there's no way you can do this job anymore without responding to each and every indication that there may be something. I mean, the the two extremes is what I'm getting at here. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think we had that discussion.
0: It's been a long week.
1: feels like a long week with all these twists and turns. But, uh, you know, kind of a tomorrow's news today kind of discussion. Was it Monday or Wednesday? Where we're saying there's a lot of Dear Diary stuff behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. It goes back and forth. Oh, buddy. And you don't want to know most of it. And I think there was a segment maybe of the audience saying, yes, we do. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure now? Yeah. Because what you have seen this week is but the tip of the iceberg. Underneath, it's the duck on the water. The feet underneath, here they go back and forth with multiple, multiple instances across all programs that are big-time college football programs in the country.
0: You'll deal with it even more the better you get. If yep. we have a great season this year, and we're able to elevate in the world of high school recruiting as well as in the portal. And the floor is raised yet again. Hold on to your britches when you get into spring because the spring of hurt feelings part due will happen and bigger names will be sent packing or will choose to take it on down the road, as I say, because this is what happens. Guys get recruited over, feelings get hurt, guys get showcased, have opportunities, surrounded by better players, numbers are better. Other programs in desperation make the move that so many times Florida State has already done to improve the program to the point where you can lose guys like this and shrug it off. Woo.
1: <laughs> Old T Swifty has appreciated this segment. He's entertained. Appreciate you,
0: T Schwifty.
1: It's a great name. <laughs>
0: It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash With all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply what's up guys our next partner that you're going to hear from is athletic greens you've heard me talk about athletic greens in the past happy to talk about them again i take athletic greens every day and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair. But if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health Uh, habit. And uh, it is a a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, That's athletic greens. And uh, I I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product athleticgreens.com JCS. check it out I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day athleticgreens.com slash jcs it's Friday rolling on it's fun already good times How'd you like to draft, everybody? Eagles got a lot better. Sweet Jesus. That's what everybody should do. Just draft Georgia dudes that played on that team the last two years. You're good. As long as you got somebody to keep them in line, you're going to be all right. They all run fast, hit hard, play well. Character issues be damned. It's the NFL, League of Mercenaries. The Eagles are like, we got this. Go get that other Georgia guy. What do we do today, guys? Get the other Georgia guy. There's another one out there, in there. It was a
1: difficult night in the Lang household for TV space. We've got the two. We had the Bolts winning, right? We got the Rangers getting their asses kicked, housed. And then so we would put the draft on during the uh, intermission breaks. And by the time the first game was over, Tampa Bay's victory over Toronto to force a Game Six tomorrow night down in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Look out, Leafs. We were around pick 14. So I got to see much of the first round, but some of the fireworks, quote unquote, that happened in the first ten picks, I, d- I missed it in real time as they were covering it.
0: Well, you know, I'm glad we, along with seemingly everybody else, rightfully first guessed that Arizona's pick would be the one that where the yep. fireworks would begin. It yep. made the most yep. amount of sense.
1: Um, um, yeah, because Houston goes back to back. That's wow. How about that? That's crazy.
0: Yeah, I um, it's funny with this draft because of the number of players that. Or so few players rated as first round slotted, you know, grades. It's it's awfully hard to look at anybody really outside the first five or six picks and say, oh, that's not going to work. It, it's pretty wide open. You're gonna you're gonna wait. Now we should do that all the time, anyhow. But it's true that that this year it's even harder. There were fewer. Oh, he's can't miss. Fewer. That guy's going to work some way somehow as a starter players in this draft it's
1: a little uncomfortable that on every network that covered the draft and all the uh tertiary footage that they had that the buccaneers pick was immediately compared to aaron donald can everybody slow the hell down i well, get they both went to Pitt. yeah I, they both went to Pitt, and he's lightning quick for his size that, that's great yeah that's wonderful he's let's run-
0: compare him to a generational player right. a transcendent hall of famer to be right now there were graphics
1: you know how it works? on every network know. about him and Aaron Donald. I know. You know. Look, works. he's not that large. He must be great because he's fast and he went to pit. All right. Maybe. We'll
0: find out. If it is, that's great. Well, you and I had the right attitude going into the draft as it pertains specifically to the Bucks, which was we need everything. Take whoever you want. Who'd you fall in love with? Who are you projecting to be a cornerstone for this football team five years from now? That guy? All right, good. Good. I have to trust you on this one. You've had good drafts. You've done a good job by and large. So I'm going to give you this. We need a lot of things. We need a lot of things. You could have gone receiver there. Could have gone defensive tackle, offensive tackle. You, did, you, you decided defensive tackle. Fine. The Texans
1: played a master class as well because they know at two by taking Stroud mm-hmm. that many of the suitors for Arizona at three as trade partners are gone because the quarterback's off the board. Yeah. If they reversed it and they picked the defensive player first, it's not going to work backwards. They'd have to give up more to go get the second quarterback. That was very well done in the first three picks.
0: I will say this. Um, the Will Levis saga did not warm my heart, but Tom, you may or may not have noted the many times that I was very uncertain how he was projected to be a top-10 quarterback. There, there was a day, I believe, in which we were doing the pregame show and there was a big game between Kentucky and Ole Miss on and he lost the game by himself? Yeah. yeah. By himself?
1: We were uh, sitting post-pregame show Mm -hmm. and we sat down, had a bite at Hotel Indigo and watched that interception that was unbelievably Oh,
0: but they got the ball back and then he fumbled (laughs) down on the three to ensure the loss after the opportunity was granted yet again. That's not why I... Grew to wonder. I grew to wonder is I just didn't see it. I was like, why is everybody going nuts about this kid? Did you play Kentucky that day on a
1: number? I did. Okay. I did. I'm, I'm always looking for the genesis at this point to be something to do with, I don't know, sporting guy or gal angle. And is that the genesis of the Will no, Levitate? I,
0: I, honestly, I didn't, I never understood it. Uh I get he's really big and strong. People talk a lot about how muscular he is. And I thought what does that have to do with playing quarterback? If anything I'm kind of concerned. The last really big muscular dude that was overly hulkish was Tim Tebow and he couldn't throw the ball and hit that window. So for man the folks at home it's pretty large this it, <laughs> I may take a photo. It'd this be, be hard to miss. for. I'm going to post
1: this. There we go.
0: Yeah, you got it? Go ahead. That's a big window. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it, the the rumor was, again, uh, you know, that he had a he had a foot issue. Something wrong with his toe, may need surgery. That'll cause you to fall, I'm sure. Uh, but I also think it's because they watched the film and went, eh, not really seeing it.
1: Don't you worry, that's a notification that the tweet's live. <laughs> Director Matthews about to show the world how big the window is that you said that Tebow could not hit. From where I'm sitting. From where you're sitting, mm-hmm. which makes it even better.
0: Yeah. So, I, uh... <laughs> that's actually a, just a cool picture in general. It's got layers to it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, yeah, that is uh, that is accurate. Yeah, that window, the one that is directly in front of me. You ever think, surely this has to happen, and it would be a great bit. It'd be a skit. It'd be funny. Like it, that there's, there, you know, the, usually those war rooms have several layers of things happening. You've got a guy who's the lead scout on this player that they're considering. He was the one. It's like the scout in basketball. Um, then it's then there's another guy who's in his camp, in his corner. He's, he believes that that scout is right. Then there is the actual GM whose job is on the line, who knows if this doesn't work, I'm going to lose my well-paying job, high-paying job, right? Then there's the owner, possibly meddling. There's the coach who's got and wants, rightfully so, a say in this pick. So you have a lot of interested parties, all very passionate. Football's a passionate game. Usually there's, there's an, maybe there's a, an attorney, a contract guy, right? A salary cap guy, the the number that they're going to have to present for this guy at this spot, as opposed to another spot, right? All these things are going on in that room. And sometimes it's a bit of a tug of war and you're wondering who's ultimately got the power. Well, the owner, but maybe the owner has empowered his guys. So he's just going to sit back and watch these dudes all yelling. I always want there to be one guy who is kind of sheepish. He's invested. He, too, has paid well, cares deeply about the process, but he's stood down. He's let these guys do their job. But now the moment is at hand, Tom. And when he's gone home at night, he has told his wife several times, no uncertain terms around dinner, we keep considering this Will Levis kid, and he is ass sorry. I don't know when they're going to come to this logical conclusion that this kid can't play a lick. But hopefully they do. The draft is less than a week away. And he has said this several times, right? And they're nervous. And he's just like, well, surely somebody's just going to say it. I mean, it's obvious. He stinks. And nobody does. And here we're on the precipice. The countdown is on. And that lead scout and the guy in his corner and the agent are like, yeah, pull the trigger. He's going to change our franchise forever. You'll rue the day that we didn't take Will Levis from Kentucky. And the guys in the corner going, no, make it stop. And he's looking at the owner and he's giving him the eye. He's trying to tell him, hey, man, you got to step in here. We're about to make a disastrous decision. We're all going to get fired. This isn't it. And the owner is like, no, I've promised I'll let the football people do what football people do. And it's building, it's building, it's building. And the GM doesn't know because he's frightened to do anything because his job's on the line. He doesn't want to be blamed. It was Mike. Mike Levis was Dan Marino. And it's going on and it's going on and it's going on. And then finally, at the very end, the guy who's known it all along stands up and goes, I won't do it. I won't let you do it. And he dives and he grabs the dude who's on the phone. Don't you call that piece of garbage. He can't play. You can have a lot of fun with this.
1: They turn to the person (laughs) in the room whose function is to call the NFL draft desk to make the selection. Right. Right. And he drop kicks that
0: guy out of his <laughs> office chair. Or he gives him a different number to the player he wants. Here's his number. Here's his number. He
1: they got to put in a pin instead of <laughs> just
0: speak the name over the handset. Yeah. Please confirm your yeah. selection. Here it is. Pound. Yeah. It, it turns out that it's Jalen Carter. <laughs> he picks up. Wait, he's here. I see him. But he's why is Jalen Carter picking I'm... up? Because I saved the franchise. Right. <laughs>
1: Meanwhile, in Texas, Jerry Jones goes, "Oh, it happened to somebody else. The same thing. Damn it! Yeah, okay, yeah, Rich, I owe you an apology. Now, I thought that that was just <laughs> you manipulating the board when we wanted Johnny Manziel. Uh, but you know
0: what? It can happen. It does happen. You're right. So here's what I'll, here's what I'll say about all that. By the way, Will Levis now guaranteed to be the best quarterback taken in this draft. Oh, easily." <laughs> Easily. Now that well, it's gone down like it has. What he'll do is he'll exceed
1: expectations and, and lead the team to a, a wild card round loss. Yeah. We will In say, which
0: he's 15 of 24. Right. For 197. Yes. No interceptions. One touchdown. Ah. They ran the ball well. He ran for 60 yards and a score as well.
1: You know? Yeah. eight He carries 60 yards yeah. and a score. Yeah. And we say, we were wrong. We were wrong. Look at that then, kid. He's amazing. And then he's going to suck the next year. Right? We're yeah. You know what? We were right. We he's knew going, it. It's going to be Jared Goff's career. There it is. That is Jared Goff's career summarized.
0: Although Jared Goff is on the up. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's back up again. Uh, he was back. always great. Jared Goff is kicking ass. I told ass. <laughs> you the whole time. He was always a good player. <laughs> I do. I want a whole bit about this. I want everybody there just to be sitting and looking around at each other. Don't you do it. Don't you. Do it. I ain't got nothing else. Why is Terry Collins here? <laughs> you got to give us a shot. <laughs> you can't trap that kid. He blows. Don't do it. It'd be hilarious. Jeff Cameron, show 93, three real talk radio, war TV. For me Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV Happy Libations Friday, everybody Thank you, Pete Appreciate the uh, contribution there And I appreciate the, uh, the P Hoping that that's a Pirates reference Not just your name Woo! Uh, Speaking of the Pirates Everybody had to have loved that story The other night, right? With the Drew Maggi thing Veteran finally, thirty-three years old,
1: makes it his debut in the bigs. He is relatively the same age as Freddie Freeman, who's been
0: playing forever.
1: Yeah, it's really cool.
0: Yeah, story. The thing, the thing was really, really cool. And they, they had the moment where they lacked the wherewithal not to allow a a guy have his moment, and they assessed him the penalty and gave him strike.
1: You didn't see that? I didn't see that part of it. No. Yeah,
0: the umpire called him. He. He walked out. He's nearly in tears. He's making his major league debut after 15 years in the minor leagues. I believe the PA announcer jumped on that, too, and announced it was his debut. That that is correct. The place was going nuts. He was trying to keep it together. You know, all those years toiling in the minors. Uh, And then he he goes to the box. The place is going crazy. I mean, even the other team's dugout is like, you know, good for you, man. Because once you've done it, they can never take it away. Major leaguer, you can say it. And everybody gets the magnitude of that moment, except for that umpire, who who, as he stepped back for one second to don his cap, to doff his cap, and thank everybody before stepping back in the box, was assessed strike one. <laughs> Guys, we've got to have some malleability here. Who's the ump?
1: I don't know, know. I don't, I don't know, know who it is, but... I've I got mean,
0: about four or five candidates. But you, I mean, you got to have... Some wherewithal to you. It's like the common <laughs> sense discussion we have and the lack of it when you talk about, like, in the service industry, where maybe you're supposed to do something one way and then it goes something goes south and it causes a problem, but it's easily fixable if you just use your brain for two seconds and say, sorry about that, sir. You know what? I'll be right back. Drinks on the house. You know, we're done here. Like, this has now been reduced to a, a normal dining experience. Instead, the person... I can't do I can't give you more ice. I I don't I can't get, we're all, we're three cubes. That's all we can do. Yeah.
1: Once upon a time on Palafox and Pensacola, this is the worst service I ever had in my life because I'm always I understand. Oh yeah, I get it. I've, I've been in the service it. industry yes, as well. Yes yes, yes, yes. Guy walks over after not coming to the table for 20 minutes for we hadn't put the order in. Yeah. He's like, "Okay, sorry. My bad." And then he took the order. All right, that's not not great. Food comes out. Forgot to bring the drinks. Eat the food. The bill comes. The drinks are on the bill. He goes, oh, my my bad. Can I get you like a Coke or something? (laughs) Can I get you a Coke? Can I get you a Coke to go or something? (laughs) (laughs) No, man, you can take this off the bill.
0: Are you really not going to? Anyway. Yeah. Not going to acknowledge that we're going to need to remove these from the bill? Common sense. Common sense. So that umpire, when it happens, everybody looked at him. Both sides were like, really? That's what we're doing here. Also, my
1: man, where do you buy your gummies? <laughs> that umpire should have been Phil Cuzzy or CB Bucknor, yeah, or Angel Hernandez.
0: I just love, though. I mean, that is something that everybody can get behind. I mean, anytime you see something like that, I the minor leagues are uh, these days, especially, are brutal. You get paid nothing. They haven't invested it in the way they used to. It's at least better now. They got that collectively finally, bargained to like seven grand for the year or whatever. <laughs> finally, finally. <laughs> but yeah, and I can only imagine the moment that you actually, you know, he said it was the best strikeout he's ever had. Um, so he 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 was happy. It was a clam.
1: He should have just stood out there outside of the batter's box and waved to be assessed all, all three, three strikes. strikes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, just,
1: I did it. Because it's an 8-1 ball game at the time, right? I believe. No, yeah. yeah. He could be like Pete Weber. I did it! <laughs> I did it!
0: Oh, man. It is odd for your host to be tuning in on a nightly basis to an 18-8 and Pittsburgh Pirate Club. Wow. That continues to dominate. And they're not just winning. I mean, these are ass-kickings. They should have swept the Dodgers. The only game they lost as I said yesterday was the game they were up 7 to 2 and they lost 8 to 7. Then they pasted the Dodgers ass the next day 8 to 1 and then they won 6 to 2.
1: By definition, at the bare minimum at 18 and 8 on April the 28th. The Pirates are going to be interesting and relevant in the standings through at least June 1st. They might make it to your birthday. They uh, probably I- will, but at bare minimum, they could have the worst month in the world and May is still going to be
0: interesting. Maybe. I, I, you know, I've been scarred. I've been scarred over the years. I, I can't. One of my brothers and I, every morning, text when we first get up. He roots for the Pirates, and we, we text each other about it. And he's always like, this is amazing. We're good, Jeff. We're good. I'm like, well, hey, hey, hey. hey. We're off to a good start. Let's, let's say that. Let's say that. And he'll come. No. They're, they're. Good. They're look at the look at the plus minus totals. Look at the numbers. We're good. We're diligent. Stop it. Stop saying that out loud. The baseball gods can hear you.
1: Hey, man, I didn't say the All Star break. I said at minimum <laughs> yeah. this next month of May. Yeah, May, but we're interesting in May, bare minimum, and that's a bonus. You already got a free month. Look at this. You should send an apology letter to the
0: owner. Oh, good Christ, no. But he did do that's the, that's the added part about the eighteen and eight start is it's that the, they did sign Brian Reynolds yep. to a huge deal. You got a big Alonzo morning energy going on right now. Oh yeah, that I'm doing a piece of well. did. they, they, I mean, they did, they did, and Key Brian Hayes the year before. I was like, okay, what's his story? Is he hurt? No, he's just not very good. Oh. He's he's an incredible defender. He's he's arguably the best defensive third baseman in the National League. He's sensational. He can't hit at all. Could he hit the window he could hit the window. he could hit the window, he hit in the front window. Of you. yeah he's coordinated he could hit the window but it's yeah, but he can't hit not especially not for a corner infielder he can't hit a lick he does he is a vacuum cleaner over there though if you hit it over there you're out he's going to make the play and there's a lot of plays he makes where the guy's like halfway to first like are you are you kidding so you know there's real value to that it's just as long as you only have like one of those yeah, I do need you to hit every now and again. He led off with a home run the other day against the Dodgers. Maybe I'll leave him alone. Mm-mm.
1: Tough love, camera <laughs> Key, Brian Hayes.
0: <laughs> yeah, two fingers, buddy. Come on. Swing the stick. But some really short time left in this hour, I do want to point out, and I don't want to jinx him, but slowly but surely, it's been happening lately, uh, and he's a knoll. So I'm going to bring this up, and he tees off later today. Vincent Norman is starting to make inroads on the tour. Okay. So he's a weird player right now, but he'll make a cut and he'll look good and be, like, around the top 25, and then he will throw up the next week 78-77. You're like, well,
1: Jesus, Vincent. Literally throw up. Yeah. yeah. You're
0: yeah. like, what are we doing out here? But they're becoming more spread out, those bad rounds, and the more consistently good rounds that see you make the weekend are becoming the norm. Vincent Norman is currently 20th place in Mexico. He went 400 yesterday to start. He tees off later today. We, well, we may have another guy, man. Look, let me be brutal for a moment. If you're going to be anything
1: on the PGA Tour, this is an event that you need to make the cut and you need to finish in the top 30, period. You, you need to do well. Yeah. They've got two top 50 players in the world in this event. Come on, Vincent. If not now, when?
0: Let's go. Well, I mean, it's it's a weird event because of the grass that they play on is not grass that you see all that often. It It is in very warm weather places where they're near the water. Yep. It's the kind of grass that survives there. Most players, I mean, it's a weird deal putting on this. But he's played well, and you're right. Tony Finau is there. John Rahm is there. Gary, it. Gary Woodland's there. He's playing well again. So we'll count Gary in that list of good players that are there. But you're right. It's not a... Veritable who's who of the PGA Tour. It's not Matthew's favorite golfer is there, and he's on the borderline of maybe, yeah, it looks like he's going to make the cut. I know how happy Matthew will be. Young Young On has made it. Uh, Ben On is going to make the cut. That is Matthew's favorite golfer on the tour. I
1: wonder who spent more money on Ben On in Ben On's career Ben On or Matthew? And I'm going to go with Matthew.
0: Matthew. well, that was my fault. I suggested him, and then he picked a vault. Well, the thing is, he had a good first day, and then he threw up an 80-something and cost Matthew all the money, all of it, because his other golfers were good. On just cost him dearly. Our two forthcoming, stay with.